This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The 11 to 1 show. A quarter of six-year-olds with a phone. Results of an interesting survey on the way after Blondie. Blondie, Heart of Glass and LMFM's 11 to 1. Sinead Brazel here with you. I hope you're keeping well this Tuesday morning. 086-1800-658 if you'd like to get in touch. And I'm hitting you with some hard-hitting statistics this morning straight away on the show because today is Safer Internet Day and we're going to be chatting about this in more detail a little bit later on with Jane McGarrigal from Webwise. She has lots of advice tips, information for us. But when I see a headline this morning in the papers, almost a quarter of six-year-olds, six-year-olds have a smartphone and it's their own smartphone that causes big, big alarm uh, in me. Now, more than half of parents don't feel confident about keeping their children safe online. Also very interesting. Though over 80% feel it is their responsibility, which is good news. Yes, it is our responsibility. So this was a survey of 900 parents of children aged 5 to 17 with smartphone access. And this was all commissioned by CyberSafe Kids. And they're finding that a quarter of parents are extremely concerned about the risk of online grooming, cyberbullying and of course the risk of accessing pornography as well as social media addiction as well and also content relating to uh, to self-harm. So this is all of the concerns but a quarter of six-year-olds have their own smartphone. So this is not mommy and daddy giving them the phone to keep them quiet for a little while. This is they have their own smartphone. 45% of 10-year-olds are allowed to use their smartphones in their bedrooms as well. And just 28% of parents are actually using the parental controls. And only 20% of parents feel the good the internet could bring their children outweighed the risks. Very interesting. But I'm wondering why on earth does a six-year-old need a phone? We had this chat before on the programme and maybe it's, you know, important to reiterate this. I recall the pressure myself on having phones, uh, particularly for our eldest who is now 18. But we didn't, we we decided not until her confirmation were we going to 
have the phone. And this is back then, you know, you're talking six or seven years ago now at this stage. And like she doesn't she didn't have the phone. She was actually the only one in sixth class at that stage with no phone. And that was difficult and tricky. But now we're talking about a six year old who is in senior infants having a phone. I mean, this is just crazy thing uh, to, to happen. It really is. They have no need with a phone. Absolutely no need with a phone. Now, I know our world is changing and, you know, the arrival of different advances in technology and all of that. But surely be to God, a child of that age does not need to be stuck glued to a phone. Wondering what you're thinking about the results of this survey when you hear a quarter uh, of six-year-olds have a phone. What's your views on this? 86 658 I would love to hear more from you. And as I mentioned this uh, was all commissioned by CyberSafe Kids. The chief executive, Alex Cooney, says in this article that uh, it's a worrying gap between children's access and their parents' ability to support them to be safe online. So that is something that we are hoping to address on the show today later on with Jane Lots of great tips. There's also great events that are happening as well around Safer Internet Day and webwise.ie, webwise.ie. That is a great resource for people to, to check out all of the details. So we're going to be touching on, you know, uh, online bullying as well, access to technology, the advantages, all disadvantages, all that sort of thing as well. But we do want to hear from you. 086 658 Niall Horan with Slow Hands on LMFM's 11 to 1. A mega announcement now for an Irish band with local connections. All the details of their upcoming tour on the way. The 11 to 1 show. Exciting music news now because, well, they're Ireland's first family of music, right? They have a local connection to us here, so they're extra special. They're a multi-milling, selling sibling quartet. (laughs) They've conquered the world with a seamless blend of sleek pop rock, lush harmonies and Celtic folk trimmings. Who am I talking about? None other than the Coors. Yeah, they're coming back. They have announced a 2024 UK and Ireland tour with... Very exciting news for the special guest for fans of pure 90s nostalgia. Natalie and Berlia is joining them on their tour. I mean, this is fantastic. Talk on Corners tour. It's going to hit the three arena in November this year, but the tickets are on sale this Friday at 10am. So they're going to be coming to Belfast as well and Dublin. Very, very exciting. All the gang back together and... This is great news. I'm excited. I have warned you now, okay? We have warned you. 10am this coming Friday, the Coors concert tickets are on sale. The Coors, yes, we are very excited that they are going to be coming back and performing in Dublin in November. Great to see them back together again. On the subject of a quarter of six-year-olds with phones, Jerry's on in Dundalk on 86 658 It is ridiculous the amount of younger people and kids uh, on phones these days. They spend way too much time glued to them and not making memories outside like myself and my cousins did back in the 90s and early 90s. I got my first phone when I was 14. Even though my parents got my first phone, I still had to get a weekend job to get myself the credit. And if I wanted to be able to afford an upgrade, yes, 
lots of different things you're bringing up there. Number one, I was 18, Jerry, before I got a phone and it was a, a couple that I babysat for, actually. I think they were just, you know, sick and not being able to get through on the landline at the time and they gave me this old phone, the Nokia 3210. There's a flashback for you. And I got that, but I was 18 or six, maybe 17. Maybe I was 17. And yes, like yourself, outside making memories. You're bringing me back. Yes. And there was no screens. And I know, look, I get it. We are living in a different era and all of that. And there are pressures on people to to get phones and everything else. But you might recall, and this is something that parents should maybe adopt in schools. Do you recall in the school in uh, Wicklow, we spoke about this last year on the show where they decided collectively, the parents decided collectively that they were not going to allow the smartphones or any phones until the, the kids reached the confirmation, which I think was a great idea. And it's that thing of coming together, isn't it? So if they can do it there, I'm definitely, I would say it's spread out in other schools as well. Very hard on parents not to cave, says somebody here. All their friends have them and they're asking Santa for them as well. Yes, I know that. I understand. But if you sit down with the child and explain that number one, six years of age is far too young for a phone. And number two, this is just the rule of this house and that's it. I mean, we had to, you know, suffer with, you know, scenarios like that with our parents. When they put the foot down, the foot went down and that was it. And we that we had to accept it. Maybe there's a little bit of too much leniency and relaxing around parenting nowadays, whereas just kind of going, no, you're not allowed to have it. That's the end of it. You get it at this age and that's just it in this house. And that's kind of the approach that we had to adopt in our house with the eldest child. Now, I have a child heading for eight. Thanks be to God, no phone has been mentioned in our house. Neither will it, let me tell you, until he is a confirmation age. But do keep those messages coming in 086-1800-658. Dua Lipa, Houdini and LMFM's 11 to 1. You're right, Sinead, we didn't give the boys phones till they got into this secondary school level. Yeah, and that's it. The foot went down. Yeah. Uh, keep those coming in, six-year-olds with phones. Now, I'm going to tell you something more alarming about the, the pre-teens. You might have been surprised to see that your young children have now requested, girls in particular, have now requested skincare products from Santa last Christmas. Mmm, yeah. Why would a child of eight or nine be looking for products with retinol and different things in them? Well, it's all got to do with social media. Surprise, surprise. But what damage is this doing? We're going to be talking to Ivana Breen. She is our skin expert. She's founder of Ivana Breen Skin and Laser Clinic. She's going to talk to us about this, but also she's going to answer questions as well around teenagers, okay? So teenagers do need to have a good skin routine, particularly with acne problems, all of that. So she's going to join us with all of that information next. The 11 to 1 show. Many parents may have been surprised to see that their young children had requested skincare products from Santa last year. So why would a child of eight or nine be looking for products with retinol in them? Well, get ready with me. Makeup videos that are increasingly popular on TikTok is one of the reasons for the surge in young kids looking for skincare products. The dangers, of course, are huge, with one 13-year-old almost losing an eye because she was mixing retinol with other products. Does a 10-year-old need a facial? Mm, What is the appropriate 
skincare routine for this age and how can we advise teenagers to adopt a good skincare routine that is safe? Well, Ivana Breen, she's our skin expert. She's founder of Ivana Breen Skin and Laser Clinic. She's on the line. Welcome back, Ivana. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Sinead. Great to have you back. Now, when you hear that kids as young as eight are asking for skincare, that's probably more expensive stuff than I use on the Santa list. That is concerning, to say the least, Ivana. It really is. And it's um, a sign of, of what they're being exposed to on TikTok. TikTok is this that platform that they're absolutely hooked into. And they're seeing these get ready with me mm. videos on TikTok and they want to be part of us. And they're also seeing their parents, you know, their, their, their mother or their father doing skin, because men are doing skincare routines now as well. And it's just become more of a norm to look after your skin. It's, skincare has become so big. And I think they're, they're just, they're wanting to be a part of that. Yes, and there is something I do find myself getting lost down the rabbit hole of TikTok get ready with me videos. There's something sort of, I don't know what it is about watching them, but I can totally see the appeal of that. But when you hear, you know, of a teenager that's just 13 almost losing an eye because she's mixing retinol, I mean, the dangers here are just very scary. It is scary. And, you know, skincare should start from a young age. But it's the active skincare that's the issue. So when you're talking about skincare for somebody as young as eight, you're talking about, it's like brushing, you're, you're, as a parent, you teach your child how to brush their teeth. Mm. You also teach them how to wash their face. Yeah. So yes, they should be cleansing their skin morning and night. And that's something that, it, that can be part of that routine at the end of the day or the beginning of the day when they're brushing their teeth. And they should be wearing sunscreen. Now, at this time of the year, it's not as much of an issue. But a, a very light moisturiser and a sunscreen, those three products within a skincare routine for somebody that's eight are absolutely fine. Yes, because there's they, it's it's the sorry. conflicting image, uh, things that we're getting here because then you might have, say, you know, a lot of psychologists that are working with people, you know, who might develop body issues. They advise using any type of skincare below the age of 12. But I hear what you're saying. We all washed our faces, say, you know, with a, with a face cloth or whatever at that age. And then, you know, you might have a little swipe of your mum's oil of ule, as it was called at the time. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? This kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, as you say, there is an, a longer issue. And in terms of the psychology of it and what these kids want to portray, I mean, there's, if you're doing skincare with using retinol and actives at the age of 12 or 13, you're doing skincare that belongs to the age group of sort of 25 plus. Mm. So really, they're, they're, we're trying at our age to look like the 12 and 13 year olds <laughs> and they're trying to emulate us by copying our skincare routines. So it's all mixed up really. But definitely retinol, alpha hydroxy acids, beta hydroxy acids do not belong in teen skincare. When they can start um, coming into skincare would be as the teens start developing um yeah acne and they have hormonal problems, then some gentle acids can be introduced. But that needs to be guided and not something... I think part of the problem here is that um, these products that you see on TikTok, they're really colourful and they're Mm. bright and they're very child-friendly in terms of their marketing. And that's what the kids are, are, are wanting to be a part of. And when the adults are being begged and plagued for these products, 
you know, you, you want to give your, your your child what they're asking for. You yep. want to give them a nice little Christmas present and it might not cost an absolute fortune to buy a, a bottle of cream. But I think the problem is that adults, not every adult knows that retinol isn't suitable for children. Yeah. So it, it's about um, talking about it and, and speaking about it. And, and it's great that you've had me on this morning to sort of try and help people understand that retinol and acids just don't belong in teenage skincare at all. Yes, very important. And I think you're right because, you know, if I was to see some of the products that you're talking about that are popular in these routines, I'd be going, Ash, that's just, you know, and and it goes back to this idea of, you know, I would have say, you know, when I was younger, gotten those little, you know, the little bath sets and things like that and in the yeah. baskets and stuff like that. So you kind of, it's, it's marketing is kind of akin to that, which I totally understand. And particularly when kids get to a certain age as well, where they're getting, they're not quite fully grown up, but they're not maybe asking for as many toys there is that little element of adding something like that in. I absolutely understand that. So talk to me then about um, the skincare that, say, teenagers should be using. So what are we talking about here? The, uh, every teenager, I think, really needs to be cleansing and moisturising. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And and like that, as the hormones kick in and the skin starts to get a little bit oilier, they might start to get a few little blackheads. And if they're unlucky, they might be getting breakouts as well. So you do need to maintain a healthy skin. And that's what we're talking about. Skincare should be all about maintaining a healthy skin. And at that age, you need to be cleansing uh, twice a day, Mm -hmm. ideally, if your skin is oily. If it's not so oily, once a day is enough at night time. And you could introduce um, cleansers that have a little bit of salicylic acid, but dependent on the skin. And if the problem is severe, then it doesn't really matter what skincare routine they're doing at home. They may need medical intervention. So it's a case of knowing when to actually go and seek the advice. A few little blackheads can be managed, but when they're getting acne and it's becoming an issue for them. Because psychologically, when you you have acne at that age, and it's, it's such an important age where you're developing and growing and um, putting your stamp on the world, having to deal with something that can have such a psychological impact like that acne can have, it's really important that we're, we're as a mother myself, I know this, I have a 13-year-old myself, and, you know, it's, it's knowing how they can cope with how they're looking and, and how they're presenting themselves to the world. So we do need to help them with that. Yeah. But it's about doing it in the right way. Yes, it really is. And what about acne as well? Because like the when when it's very sore, like you know the acne now that I'm talking about that could be just in one location. So it could be say all around the chin, sort of that kind of area. Very, very raised, very, very inflamed and red. Are you talking there now about is that a hormone? Well, I suppose it is a hormonal thing, but is it sort of something that you you're saying there that we they should get sort of a medical intervention at that stage? Yeah, so normally what I would say is when when it's very apparent that they're they're suffering, that they're in pain, that they are having um, painful breakouts that are lingering, that mm-hmm. aren't clearing up. So a lot of the time with hormonal breakouts, you'll you, you know particularly for girls, not uh, not so much for guys, but um, they'll they'll get the breakout and it will clear up after a couple of weeks. And they might get a little reprieve and then they might get some more breakouts. But if they're consistently getting breakouts and there's no reprieve and they're they're going for months on end and nothing is helping to clear it up, the the cleansing and the moisturising, because it is important to moisturise as well when you have acne, um, which a lot of people are afraid to do because they think that the moisturiser will make it worse. But actually, no, it's important to moisturise. If that isn't working, that's when you need to seek help. 
Okay, okay, so people can intervene then. And, and you know, you did mention boys. They are probably a little bit more reluctant than girls as well to be bothered with skincare. But what about boys as well that might get acne breakouts, you know, in their back maybe or on the body? Yeah, again, uh, it's one of those things that needs help. And particularly for boys that might be doing a lot of sports, mm. it's important that they're showering directly after the sports. So, if, you know, maybe if they are, are playing a football match or something and then they decide they want to go off with their pals for a, a coffee after the match, it's better to not do that. It's better to go home, have the shower and yeah. then go off out with your pals if, if, that, if needs be, but not to let the bacteria linger on the skin so um but yes the same thing applies if it is lingering and if it's uncomfortable and um it needs help because you don't want it to to leave marks and scarring yeah, long term this is and the early intervention is is going to help prevent that fantastic and and what about say someone's actually asking here what about tea tree oil after the the moisturizer on top of like say the bad acne is that something i did hear about that back in the day but i don't know is that sort of a de- being debunked now at this stage the tea tree oil helping so tea tree, tea tree oil would be antibacterial and antifungal, but it's, it, I would steer clear of it, um, okay. particularly because you don't know the concentrations of the oils. Um, so, you know, the way you can buy little um, yes, aromatherapy oils yes. and you buy a tea tree oil, and I, don't, I would never put that directly on the skin. Um, if you find a product that contains tea tree oil, then that can be beneficial to the skin, yeah. But I would never put it directly on. Okay, good advice. So in terms of, say, the the routine then, as we said, we were talking about the the Get Ready With Me videos. I mean, I'm looking at some of these. Like, they have about six or seven steps, Savannah, even for somebody that, say, is like my age, say, and and looking at the skincare. I mean, all of these different serums as well and different things. So I find what's happening is people are cleansing the face, let's say, with it could be, you know, an actual cream cleanser or could be, you know, like an actual wash or a scrub or something. Then they're putting something else on, then the moisturiser, then something else. There seems to be about five or six different things. Is that all necessary or what's going on there? Absolutely not necessary at all. And in fact, uh, you know, in, in a young skin, like when we're talking about the eight, nine, ten year olds, they don't need that hydration. They have it naturally in their skin. They have a different um, barrier than we do. And by doing these um, seven, eight, routines they're messing with that natural mm. lipid barrier protective barrier that's there and what's happening is that um, they can get conditions they can cause acne so they can develop acne sooner and they can cause things like eczema on their skin and really irritate that skin barrier and that can be that can end up being a prolonged problem that they're they're, they're dealing with for a long period of time so it really is important that they don't do these six, seven, ten step routines. They they don't need them. They're not necessary. Three steps. Yeah. When you're a teenager, cleanse, moisturize, sunscreen. Um, you know, preteen before you you know, if the eight year olds are looking to do something, I would say give them a nice gentle cleanser and um a, a sunscreen to, to use. Okay, perfect. Uh, somebody asking as well, what about food? Does what food can trigger acne or again is that sort of something that's a bit of a myth, Ivana? It's a bit of a myth to be honest. Um but there are there have been some tests to show that um, dairy. Now, the, the particular test w- was low-fat milk mm-hmm. um, and high consumption of low-fat milk can, in some people, exacerbate an already pre-existing condition. 
So um, it's not for everyone. It's it, like it's not across the board. Yeah. Everybody should stay away from low fat milk. You either are somebody who is affected by it or you're not. Yeah. So if you do have a pre-existing condition, it could make it more, it could aggravate it more, but it would never cause acne as such. Okay. But, I mean, Good to know. a healthy diet is important, you know, because yeah. you need the food, uh, the nutrients to help heal and repair your tissue. So where no particular food will cause acne, it's important to eat well to help your skin recover from acne. Fantastic. If anyone wants to contact you, Ivana, for any help, advice, anything like that, I mean, do you see teenagers in clinics? So we don't actually, we, we, we don't treat anyone under the age of 16 mm-hmm. um, for insurance reasons. But certainly um, if somebody is suffering with uh, under that age with um, any kind of um, acne, they should speak with their, their GP. Fantastic. Ivana, thank you so much for all of that great advice. Not at all. Thanks for having me. Thanks a million, Ivana Breen there from Ivana Skin and Laser Clinic. Yes, it goes back to the TikTok trends. I know it's like, what trend will they put out next? But there you go. Kids under the age of 12, definitely a little light cleanser. If anything, I'd say even just the hot face cloth is enough and a little bit of just, you know, a small bit of sunscreen or something afterwards. That is all that they need. Going to take a quick break. Got music from Snow Patrol on the way and we're going back in time as well. The 11 to 1 show. Going back to 1981 very shortly and a musical tribute coming up in the Northeast Update. But first, here's Snow Patrol. Snow Patrol chasing cars and LMFM's 11 to 1. Now it's time for this. LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows. Senator Windows products will help you create a secure, comfortable, energy efficient home you're proud of. Call 0818 On this day in 1981, the Beatles, Paul McCartney, Ringo Starr and George Harrison recorded a tribute to John Lennon and today is Safer Internet Day. It's an EU-wide initiative to promote a safer internet for all of us, especially young people. Promoted very much by Webwise and today the theme is Tech in our world. LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows. Creating the perfect home is a journey. Let us guide you. Visit our Drada, Dundalk and new Navin showrooms. Discover more at senatorwindows.ie. There's the script, Hall of Fame, still to come, ringing or buzzing in the ears. Just one of the challenges faced by tinnitus sufferers are going to be finding out more about Tinnitus Awareness Week. Plus advice and support for parents on Safer Internet Day. That's all to come. The 11 to 1 show. One pop star made history at the Grammys over the weekend. More details on this after Yola. There online on your smart speaker, this is LMFM. Sinead Brazel here with you, Yola. Goodbye, Yellow Brick Road. Now this lady made Grammy history over the weekend as the first person to win Album of the Year for times. She's on the crest of a wave and deservedly so. Taylor Swift yes, she secured the top gong of the night with her 10th studio album Midnights shortly after announcing that she would actually be releasing a new album titled The Tortured Poets Department. That's coming our way on April 19th and it was quite the ceremony for the ladies with Billie Eilish taking home Song of the Year as well for her Barbie hit What I Was Made For and also Miley Cyrus. I saw her performance of Flowers as well. She was just incredible and in great spirits on the night as well. And a big surprise for a lot of people because um, Canadian singer 
Celine Dion she made a surprise appearance on at the show to present Album of the Year to Taylor Swift and you might remember I think we were talking about this last year when it was announced but um, she was diagnosed with a rare neurological condition it's called Stiff Person Syndrome and uh, has been really out of the public life for quite a while now but uh, yeah there you go and I, I think Taylor Swift's reaction was so so genuine as well for winning the award for the top uh, award of the night the Album of the Year fantastic more celebrity news and details on the Grammys you can find it on lmfm.ie and right now as well in The Buzz The Buzz on LMFM keep up to date with all the latest news and gossip on the LMFM app Hi, I'm Max Grammy winner Tyla who's had a massive success with her single Water stresses the importance of using TikTok for promotion I know some people are hesitant with TikTok they're not sure about it but I'm telling if you are creative if you're an artist TikTok is probably your best source of promo right now. I love making videos organically, like really, I love it. Even before I started really making music, I've been a social media girl. Lifetime will continue chronicling the life of Gypsy Rose Blanchard. On the heels of its January documentary, The Prison Confessions of Gypsy Rose Blanchard, the cable network has greenlit a new unscripted show that will chronicle her life following her release from prison. Keegan-Michael Key spoke to Jimmy Fallon last night. He showcased some of his voices talking about the Super Bowl. He included characters from the new movie Migration and Super Mario Brothers. Oh, wow, this is going to be the greatest game I've ever seen in my entire life. I don't even know what football is, but it looks like it's going to be fun. Yeah, I like that. Delroy. Delroy the Parrot. What they should do next time they play in a Super Bowl is play it in Jamaica. Go see migration. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> How about Triple Spunk? How about uh, Shaq? Oh, it's going to be a good game. Everybody see this? Uh, it's going to be close. I don't know. That's the buzz. I'm Max. The buzz on LMFM. Umbrilia with Torn on LMFM's 11 to 1. This week marks Tinnitus Awareness Week. What's tinnitus? Well, we're going to be finding out all about this because let me tell you, there are huge statistics of people, the percentage of people around this neck of the woods dealing with tinnitus on a daily basis and the challenges that they are facing are quite significant. So we're going to be talking about that, the treatment for it as well. We're going to be joined by hearing aid audiologist Frank McGrath. He's going to join us next. The 11 to 1 show. Oh, do you hear that? Imagine having to put up with listening to this 24-7 with little or no relief. Oh, well, I have to actually put it down. I have to put it down. Imagine going to a doctor as well and being told, sorry, there's not much I can do for you. Now, this is the reality many people with tinnitus are facing, but my next guest is hoping to put a spot stop to all of that. He has helped people with varying levels of tinnitus to manage the condition and to bring them relief. He's a hearing aid audiologist. He's working at the Ear Care Clinics based in Drogheda, Dundalk and King's Court. And he's joining me now. Frank McGrath, you're welcome back to 11 to 1. Thank you so much for joining us. Delighted. Thank you very much for having us on and uh, bringing awareness to uh, Tinnitus and, uh, and Tinnitus Awareness Week. I'm delighted to do it. My God, Frank, I could only bear to listen to that for a couple of seconds. That would just drive me do Lally. This is what we're talking about. It's a variety of these kinds of high frequency sounds that people with tinnitus are coping with. 
Yeah, that's a mild version. It could be white noise. It could be sound of, say, like a steam hissing or a kettle boiling or it could be ringing bells. It varies from person to person and uh, it varies in intensity as well. So um, some people manage to get by, but it's it's uh, terrible that people are told, oh, look, there's no cure for tinnitus. You just mm. have to put up with it. That's yeah. not true. And uh, once we drill down into the 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 reason why people have tinnitus, you'll start to understand why there is a result. And some people we can actually cure. There is a cure for some types of tinnitus, maybe in the minority, but the majority of people uh, can get great help and they get relief from that noise. And um, so... um, if it's okay, can I get, go through some of the statistics? Yeah, because yeah, this is where I'm coming to now. We've got statistics on this, right? Now, this is the recent European statistic that were published. And for people that might think, oh, you know, tinnitus is only affecting a small number of people, that's actually not the case, isn't it? Not the case at here. all. Yeah. Uh, nationwide, 8.6%, which in the 26 counties relates to about 515,000 people Wow, have uh, tinnitus. And of those, there's somewhere in the region of 35, 36,000 who have severe debilitating tinnitus, whereby on a daily basis, uh, they're getting finding it very hard to get by, can't sleep, can't function, can't concentrate. And those are conservative numbers. Mm. Uh, the European average is actually twice that. So I'm a little bit dubious that uh, the, that 36,000 might be actually understated. Yeah. Just in loud alone, Loud, uh, uh, Mead, Cavan, Monaghan, uh, um, 12,000 plus uh, in Loud, 7,000 in, in Cavan, uh, over 5,500 in six nearly 17,000 in, in Mead wow, have tinnitus and there are no services. And unfortunately, the information isn't out there uh, to connect primary care with audiology services, particularly independent audio, uh, private audiology services. Mm who can help enormously. Yes. So so, uh, so when, when we talk about it then, tell us a little bit more about the condition itself. How does it, uh, how is it caused? Can people be born with this or do they develop it? Or how, there's a lot of misconceptions I know as well around lot, this. Yeah. Uh, keeping it as simple as possible, yeah. 90% of tinnitus cases have hearing loss as um, the underlying cause. Now, there will be uh, other exceptions to that, but 90% Hearing loss is the underlying cause. And logically, it follows that if you look after the hearing loss mm. uh, and concentrate on the underlying cause, you will take a great step towards addressing the overall problem. So <clears throat> with some people, it's obvious they have a hearing loss and uh, they will go to uh, get their hearing tested and uh, they will find that their tinnitus has improved enormously when they ha- look after their hearing. Other people don't get that information. So the very, very simple message for people is that uh, go to your GP, absolutely, even if it's mild Mm. tinnitus, go and report to your GP and go and get your hearing tested. Yeah, because what's the danger, say, for example, if I'm getting a mild version of that white noise and I just decide to ignore it, thinking that it's going to stop, what are the long-term damages I'm potentially doing if I leave it kind of go? There's a good chance that you have a hearing loss. So, uh, like I said, 90%, in fact, possibly more of people with tinnitus have some sort of hearing loss. That needs to be measured because hearing loss in its own right is a serious illness. And long term um, neglect of hearing loss enormously increases a person's risk of dementia. So uh, even a mild hearing loss will increase a person's risk of dementia by a factor of three. Moderate to severe will increase 
uh, dementia and uh, short-term memory loss risks by a factor of five. Wow. Uh, hearing loss, you're uh, twice as likely to end up in accident uh, and emergency as a, as a result of a fall, an accident, end up with broken bones. Uh, you're much more likely uh, to suffer social isolation uh, uh, and depression. Yeah. So there are many, many consequences to uh, hearing loss. And on a practical uh, uh, point of view, there's been, there's been research done into the effect of hearing loss in the workplace yeah. and the amount of time and uh, loss of efficiency, uh, um, mistakes, etc., that occur through uh, undiagnosed or unrectified hearing loss uh, runs into billions uh, uh, okay. for, for industry. Yeah. Uh, so just looking at it from a pragmatic point of view, um, pounds, shillings and pence, it's well worthwhile uh, looking after it. Yeah, we we shouldn't be ignoring this. No. Abs- absolutely. No. So uh, we also discovered as well in the last little while that uh, there's an increase in the amount of auditory conditions with people as a result of COVID as well. Yeah. Um, research in the UK, I can't remember exactly when it was. It's it's ongoing, but the, mm-hmm. the most recent uh, statistics say that even people who have had no COVID symptoms uh, one in eight will suffer some degree of uh, auditory damage. One in eight. Okay, that's quite high, yeah. And that can be uh, small, as in negligible, as in you don't really notice it, uh, right the way through to uh, going from excellent hearing to uh, a point where you need hearing aids. Your, your hearing is that badly damaged. And I've had that experience with some of my patients myself. Uh, young people, people in their 40s, who had excellent hearing, had COVID, no symptoms whatsoever, and eventually came to me six months later wondering, uh, having gone through the, the full rigmarole of tests, MRIs, etc., etc., uh, to discover that they had um, a permanent um, irreversible hearing loss and they needed hearing aid. So I'm not saying that happens with everybody, but... It can. COVID is to mm. be avoided. If you can avoid it at all, don't yeah. poo-poo, as in, Asher, look, it'll be grand. Uh, I'll be fine in a couple of weeks. Um there is uh, likely to be some auditory damage and the more often you have it, uh, the greater uh, that will become a cumulative, uh, cumulative effect. So in terms of age group that this is affecting then, Frank, is it across the age spectrum or is it predominantly older people or who is t- tinnitus affected? absolutely across uh, the age spectrum, but primarily over 55s and, and older uh, because hearing loss... Uh, is, is a, there's a greater percentage of hearing loss in the over 55s, it follows that there's a greater percentage of, of tinnitus in the over 55s. But it covers all ages. And it covers all degrees of, of hearing impairment. I have people come to me with normal hearing. Mm-hmm. So they've been had their hearing tested and their hearing is, is normal. They don't, they don't need hearing aids. But there's a little artefact in there. There's a little band of frequencies that uh, where some of them are not as good as the others. And the brain sees that as a gap. And this is pretty much the, the, the case for uh, all tinnitus. 90% or 90, 99% of tinnitus. It's a neurological um, uh, phenomenon. Yeah. Whereby uh, your brain sees that as a gap. That it sees that certain frequencies can be heard well, certain sounds can be heard uh, uh, better than others and significantly better than others. So it sees a gap in its information. And usually triggered by trauma or um, um, an accident or illness or whatever, uh, the brain 
its um, limbic system, its its fight or flight system, uh, switches off certain filters, noise filters uh, and, and signal filters in your brain to allow this gap to be filled. And that gap is filled with uh, random electrical noise that's in your brain anyway, just as your brain sends signals to various parts of the body, receives signals from various parts of the body or, or parts of the brain uh, to, to stay in communication. It's creating lots of electrical noise all the time. So and that, that noise... That's what's being in, as you say, put into that gap, similar to what we heard there. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. And... Um, your auditory system is given this as a as a, a solution to this gap, uh, decodes it, and you you perceive this as a sound. It's not a sound at all, of course. Mm-hmm. It is just random electrical noise. Very similar. If somebody detunes their radio here yeah, yeah. now, uh, they'll get that shh yeah. coming through uh, instead of the signal from LMFM. That's radio noise. This is very very similar in the brain. That brain noise gets through. That's it's fascinating the ins and outs of it as you explained it to me there and you're explaining it so so clearly. So what can be done then once I go to my GP, for example, does my GP refer me to yourself or how does it all work in terms of treatment? They should. But unfortunately, there's a, a lag time um, in the the, the medical uh, profession have so many things to deal of with. Of course, yeah. And there have been so many advances in so many areas. Uh, that it's impossible for for any one practitioner to keep up with everything. So we're focused on this little world. And certainly over the last 20 years, uh, immense steps have been made in understanding uh, tinnitus. And certainly in the last 15 years, uh, uh, great steps have been made in helping people who suffer. And so uh, if anybody says to you, there's there's no cure for tinnitus, that's that's wrong. Mm. So there are cures for certain types of tinnitus if you have a blockage in your ear and it can be removed. If it is in the outer ear, then that's a primary care thing. They can remove that blockage. It could be wax or whatever or an op, uh, uh, an object that's stuck in there. If it's something to do with the middle ear, damage to your eardrum, uh, build up of fluid in the middle ear, calcification of the bones, the, the, the inner ear, uh, um, um, those can be rectified uh, if you go to a, an ear, nose and throat surgeon. But if there's damage to the inner ear, there's nothing either of those uh, professions okay. can do. Okay. Uh, and that's where the audiologist comes in. An audiologist is able to measure that and they're able to rectify to some extent that damage by filling in the gaps in your, your hearing. So certain types of, of tinnitus can actually be cured. Other types of tinnitus, the majority of tinnitus, there's a huge amount we can do and even in clinic, when people come into uh, me in clinic, out of, say, 10 people who come through the door with tinnitus, I'm quite confident that eight out of those 10, okay. while they're in the clinic, there during the consultation, I can either switch off or reduce their tinnitus okay. while they're there. So there is therapies and things involved. As well. So um, even people who have normal, uh, tinnit- uh, normal hearing and mm-hmm. there's a little gap, I can fit them with little devices that's able to fill that gap and give them a boost in natural sound at those frequencies that they're a little bit lower on. And lo and behold, they find that their tinnitus is is either gone or or, or, reduced reduced enormously. I'd say you can see the relief, Frank, even on their faces as you're, you know, dealing with them. Just a few years ago, I remember I had a young man. He'd had uh, tinnitus uh, debilitating tinnitus for 13 years from the age of 16 and he came in with his mother tests his hearing and he had 
excellent hearing. Uh, I had hearing envy. Uh, his hearing was so good. But there yeah. was still a little uh, range of frequencies that, that were 20 decibels. There was a significant noticeable little gap. And I fitted him with little devices just enough to boost those frequencies. We chatted for a minute. He didn't notice much difference at all. But after a couple of minutes just chatting, I said, well, stay quiet now and just tell me what you experienced with your, your tinnitus. And I could see him shaking his head as he was looking to find his tinnitus and he couldn't find it. Amazing. Got him to sit yeah. into, the, uh, into the sound booth uh, uh, and in complete silence and he couldn't hear it. And once he understood, he was a, uh, a musician who, he was giving up uh, music. Mm. Uh, he couldn't handle, he was, he was, a lot of people who have tinnitus suffer from what's known as hyperacusis. They become oversensitive to sound, unnaturally right. sensitive to sound right. because they're so stressed about this noise that's going on in their head that they have no control over. But once he understood the process, once he understood that you could literally press a button and make it disappear, once he understood that um, he could do exercises to help uh, maybe switch it off permanently, uh, he was fine. Yeah. All those 13 years of, of stress and worry and misery and loss of sleep uh, just evaporated. That's fantastic. I do have a couple of uh, messages coming in here, Frank, just before we, we, we finish with yourself. Attending Frank for both hearing loss and tinnitus improved my life greatly, having had tinnitus for over 20 years and tried many different things. Frank was the first person that made sense of it and helped, says Catherine. Uh, another message here. I was at the doctor on Friday and I had tinnitus. I've buzzing in my ears and going through my head, but I was told I hadn't tinnitus. So what are the symptoms? I still have buzzing in my ears. I'd say it could be tinnitus, Frank. She needs to go and get a second opinion there. Well, it's like this. <clears throat> if you have a pain in your toe, you don't need to have the pain diagnosed. You know you have a pain in your toe. What you need to have diagnosed is why you have the pain in your toe. Yeah. If you have a noise in your head that isn't related to anything in the real world, then absolutely you have tinnitus. You don't need a diagnosis. Mm. Uh, if, if there's a noise there that is unnatural, it's not related to the outside world, you have tinnitus. And if you have tinnitus... There is an underlying condition. Now, the likelihood is that uh, that underlying condition is going, not going to do any physical harm. It's not going to be it's not going to be fatal or anything like that. But you need to find out what that underlying condition is. And primary care is fantastic, but you need to go to an audiologist. Yeah. And uh, and get a full evaluation. So, Frank, how can people get in touch with you? Another fellow, by the way, Brendan uh, Farrell, was the same. Frank saved his life, he says I here. Know. Thank you so much, guys, for, for getting in touch. Hearing Care Clinics, this is w where you are, Frank. How can people get in touch with you? Is this the best website? Earcareclinics.ie. Yeah. And uh, we're in Kingscourt, we're in Dundalk and we're in Drogheda. Uh, um, um, on uh, Cross Lanes, uh, Cross Lanes Medical Clinic in Drogheda, uh, uh, the Carrick Road Medical Centre in um, Dundalk, and the phone, uh, and also Main Street, Kings Court. The phone number is 0419835510. And the lines are pretty busy. If we don't uh, pick up straight away, just leave a message. We'll always get back to you. We'll always get back, absolutely. Frank, thank you so much for joining us with all of that information. Frank McGrath there. If you, I have the details here. We'll keep them at reception because I have a feeling we're going to have people looking for these numbers and everything else, but we'll keep them here for you at reception. But earcareclinics.ie The 11 to 1 show. Music from Lewis Capaldi on the way right after these. 
LMFM Job Search with thanks to LMFM Online. Check out the latest Northeast news, sport, and entertainment on LMFM.ie. Loud me, the Education and Training Board invites applications from suitably qualified persons for the following positions. A school transport escort is required in Colosh de Riga in Dunshockland, and a special needs assistant is required in Colosh de Lacey in Ashburn. The closing date for both of these is today, the 6th of February. You can find details, careers, lmetb.ie or you can find more information on our local job section on lmfm.ie LMFM Job Search There's Lewis Capaldi Wish you the best Now still to come It's Safer Internet Day so we've got lots of useful advice and information from Jane McGarrigal She's from Webwise The 11 to 1 show William Let's face it, our children spend most of their time in the online world and despite our attempts to limit screen time and encourage them to spend more time outdoors, the online world is going to be alluring to them. So how can we keep them safe online? Well, today marks Safer Internet Day and a series of events has been organised for young people in schools and organisations around the country, highlighting the importance of online safety. Joining me now to tell us more is Jane McGarrigal. She's Project Officer with Webwise. Jane, you're very welcome to 11 to one. How are you this afternoon? Morning today, yes. Now, first thing I wanted to ask you was, there's a new survey released that has revealed a quarter of six-year-olds have smartphones. Now, this is a worrying statistic, Jane. I mean, they've access to the internet. What do you make of the results of this survey? Yeah, so I think, um, I suppose what's concerning about this is we, we know parents do have concerns around what age uh, they, they should be giving their children devices or smartphones. And, and really what our role here is to provide parents uh, with the best information um, to help them make the decisions they need to support their children online. Um, so what I would say is for anyone concerned that there's lots of information available by a Webwise Parents Hub, ISPCC Digital Ready Hub, and also through the National Parents Council, um, our Irish Safer Internet Centre partners. But yeah, absolutely. So so many uh, different resources there. But talk to me a little bit about Safer Internet Day itself. This is 21 years now on the go. Why is it important to have a national campaign highlighting internet safety? Yeah, so Safer Internet Day turns 21 today. And actually, we, we've lots to talk about this year. Um, the theme for uh, Safer Internet Day this year is tech in our world. And really, that's exploring um, some of the, the big changes online this year, we have uh, a new online safety commissioner here in Ireland. Um, we've also seen the birth of generative AI. Um, and, and we've also had lots of discussions with young people around the implications of, of these new online technologies. Um, you know, concerns around mis- and disinformation, mm. uh, young people's privacy online, their, their online well-being, the impact of algorithms. Um, but also in our discussions with young people this year, um, they very much recognise the benefits of, of new and emerging uh, technologies um, and see these as having the potential um to solve some real world problems, you know, around education, inequality, health, and and, and even around climate change as well. Um, so it's it, it's really important that we have uh, Safer Internet Day, this annual event, uh, to shine a light on these important big issues, and for us all to come together, uh, schools, parents, organisations, industry, government, uh, to talk about these issues. 
Yes, it really is because like it's very easy for us to say, you know, stay offline and, you know, don't be going on it so much. But like you say, that you know, it's not all bad that, you know, technology can be used for good. And also as well as that, it's not just that easy for a young person to, to have a digital detox because so much of what they are doing and so much of their lives is in fact online. Yeah, and I suppose the important thing here to remember is when we talk about a digital detox, it's actually very hard to switch off when Mm. we think about it. If we think about it ourselves as adults, um, you know, to put down our devices. um, So it's even harder for for children or adults, and that's why they need guidance. Um, And this year in particular, um, through the resources we've developed, um, scripted lessons for schools, uh, we took a look at some of those kind of uh, design tactics, persuasive design um, that, that makes um, our, our devices um, so hard to put down. And we really wanted to empower young people um, to, to understand how algorithms work, understand how those techniques work and to take back control of that to some yeah. extent as well. Yeah, really important. So today, Safer Internet Day is kicking off with an event hosted in Microsoft's DreamSpace. Talk to us about this event and the, there's a couple of different things happening. Yeah, so we're really excited about the event in Microsoft DreamSpace this morning. And um, The Irish Safer Internet Centre are hosting its annual event um, and it, it really is to talk about this theme, to reflect on uh, tech in young people's lives, the big changes. Um, so we're delighted to be joined by the Online Safety Commissioner, Neve Hodnett, um, Dr. Um, Emma Murphy from the ADAPT Centre. Uh, we also have uh, Kira McCory from uh, Microsoft, who will all be kind of giving their reflections um, over the last year. We also have lots of youth input. Our youth panel will be leading activities. Um, they'll be uh, contributing to the discussions as well. Um, so we're really excited about that. Um, and we're also uh, really delighted to be partnering with the Anti-Bullying Centre on some new uh, research around myth and disinformation and young people's views of that as well. Oh, very interesting because, yes, online bullying, so, so prevalent, uh, you know, in, in, in our society at the moment. What what can we do, by the way, if our child is experiencing online bullying? Yeah, so I'm glad you brought that up. Unfortunately, online bullying is one of the, the more common negative experiences children and young people will encounter on online in Ireland. So it's really, really important that we, you know, we look at lessons in schools and, and we address the three education programmes, but also that we're having the conversations at home. And I suppose prevention is better than cure. Mm-hmm. Um, so our advice to parents really is to, to engage with your child, to talk to them. If they are using social media or connecting and communicating online, talk about um, their responsibilities um, and I suppose expectations around that, ensuring that they understand the platforms, ensuring that they understand the features um, and talking about being um, a good uh, a good friend online and looking out for others online. And if something does go wrong um, or if something does happen that upsets them, to make sure they come and tell you to block, report and tell. Yes, block, report, tell. Very easy to remember. Thank you for that. Now, um, the other thing is that technology is changing all the time. Very hard for parents to keep up with sort of changing technology and what's happening. Well, how can parents kind of access supports when it comes to this? Yeah, so I think parents sometimes do feel overwhelmed with this, particularly if they think their child might be more digitally literate than they are. Mm. And 
okay, so they, they may be able to use the, the apps a little bit uh, more confidently, but that doesn't mean um, they're, they're, they're digitally um, media literate. So they do need support in this area. Um, there are simple steps parents can take, um, and there's lots of supports for them available through WebWise, through ISPCC, National Parents Council have a helpline and training for parents. Those are great starting points. And then to think about maybe establishing some rules in the house around internet use, for example, switch off times at night time, mm-hmm. no devices in the bedroom. Um, and, and then, you know, that um, agreeing what to do if something does come up, that, that to come and, and tell you. And that engagement piece is really the core um, of, of the advice to keep checking in and to keep uh, having that conversation and make it a normal part of, of life. You know, yeah. uh, young people and children uh, don't differentiate between being online and offline. It is it's just another part of how they connect and communicate with their friends. So, so to try and keep it positive as well and, and recognise the benefits. I think that's fantastic advice. Jane, thank you so much for taking the time out today when you're so busy to, to go through all of that and to give us some great advice. My pleasure, Sinead. Happy Safer Internet Day. You too. Thank you so much. And There's Dido with thank you. Someone double checking the number of the care, the, the hearing clinic. Yes. 0419835510. So you do have it right there on WhatsApp. Thank you so much for getting in touch. Just another reminder as well webwise.ie if you want more information about the details that Jane was discussing there for Safer Internet Day. That is our lot on the show for today. Thank you so much to the guests and to you for your company. Enjoy the rest of your day, and I'll chat to you again tomorrow. Listen back to the 11 to 1 show podcast on lmfm.ie or the LMFM app. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.